Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We're the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and the Motivation Masterclass found at trinitytransformation.co.uk. In today's episode, you will learn the answer to one of our most common questions, which is how do I stop self-sabotaging? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about self-sabotaging. Now, bear with us with our voices. I've kind of got a little bit of a a cold, sore throat going on. Ben, what's going on with you? I've got a um, a pretty nasty, chesty cough. So I might sound a bit sort of of gravelly. Hopefully it comes out sounding a bit sexy rather than sounding uh, unwell. Oh, yeah. Like the tonsillitis, husky voice. Yeah. So yeah, this this episode is very relevant at the moment for us because this weekend we've got our two-day unstoppable event. Hopefully, Ben and I are going to be unstoppable enough to actually run it because right now we're kind of worn out. But yeah, we're excited for that. And that event is all about like how to not self-sabotage or overcome self-sabotage, overcome mental blocks and make breakthroughs in those kind of areas so that you can succeed. So this is a good warm-up for us and we've got lots and lots of tips for you today. So Ben, why why do people self sabotage? Like, why do you think it happens? We've got loads of reasons, but what? Let's let's start with just one of them. What's what's the main reason do you think people self sabotage? It's kind of a combination of everything. Every, all these podcasts are kind of coming down to uh, they're all kind of trending in on the same kind of things. But there are tons of reasons why people self sabotage, and when we me say self sabotage in in regards to fitness, in regards to this what we do, it usually comes down to food. Most of the time it comes down to food. Some people will self-sabotage by skipping workouts, but mainly people will self-sabotage when they get home from a stressful day, they're tired, they're exhausted, they have negative emotions in their life at that point in time. And the way they deal with those negative emotions is they turn to food. And nine times out of 10, when people try and deal with their negative emotions with food, it's not going to be healthy food. It's going to be unhealthy stuff. It's when you order that Domino's pizza, when you go down to Tesco's local, pick up a bag of Maltesers and then sit there and scoff them in front of the TV. It's that comfort eating where you go for food, which gives you that immediate gratification. You sabotage yourself in order to feel a little bit better. Yeah, and it's not just um, people who are struggling to get in shape. It's uh, Everyone is tempted to do this to a degree. And... I don't know about you, Ben, but for me, it's just a case of like yesterday, for example, last night, um, I kind of didn't have the best work schedule yesterday. I had quite a few distractions and disturbances in the day and it, I didn't have a good routine. So I ended up working until about 9 p.m. I had to get up at 5.30 to get to CrossFit and I was just getting more and more stressed. I was like, these emails are just going on and on and the, every email I answer, another one comes in. I'm not getting to the bottom of this and it's 9 p.m. and I'm still going. So I drew a line under it at 9, but I was so tired and so worn out and so kind of frustrated with uh, never getting through what I wanted to get through that I just, I wanted to do something to make me feel better. I wanted to, I don't know, just find some way of feeling better because I was just moping around the house thinking, I feel like rubbish. I'm so tired out. I've got to get up. I haven't even eaten dinner yet. And I was just looking for something to do. Like I didn't have any unhealthy food in the house, which I guess was a blessing in disguise. 
so I couldn't face plant food, but I did sedate in front of the TV instead. But I just wanted something to make me feel better. I think loads of people get into that state. Yeah, everybody gets that, um, those bad days and those bad times when they have negative emotions. And then um, often the way we deal with those is not the way which is actually going to solve the problem, but the way that's going to make you feel better temporarily. So the first thing we've identified as to why people self-sabotage um, is probably the one the one you were feeling yesterday, Rob. So stress, tiredness, exhaustion, combination of all of those three. What was your... So your strategy was to, to watch some TV, was it? Yeah, so I did a couple of things. I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go to bed in that state of just like feeling um, stressed out, anxious, frustrated, all these things. And I also knew that I needed to eat something. Like a lot, a lot of the time, I think also that tiredness, at least for me, I get kind of hangry. I put off eating for ages and that can obviously lead to binging with people as well. But my tactic was to have some dinner. Luckily, I had some healthy food that was already prepared. So I had some food pre-prepped that I just had to microwave. So that helped a lot. So I ate something and I just gave myself half an hour to watch some TV. So nothing too destructive. And, um, and then went to bed. That was my, my tactic. The thing is that you, I would say, have good a good level of kind of self-control built in. In terms of people who would self-sabotage, I would say other people would be more likely to self-sabotage given the same situation than the situation you were in. I guess because you have done more work than most people to avoid that self-sabotage in the first place, which is which are, I guess, some of the solutions we've got for people today. Yeah, like reps or whatever you want to call it. It's just like everything's like, if you think of everything as like a muscle in the gym that needs to be worked to get stronger, same goes with your mindset. The more reps you do, the stronger it will get over time. So I've obviously done years and years of making better choices and then it becomes easier. Like you can't get beyond the fact that at some stage you do need to just keep practicing the habit you want to do and then it'll get easier and easier. So yeah, I've, I've not got the habit of sedating and drinking wine or drinking beer, which I know a lot of people do have um just because i've practiced not doing that and i might have the habit of eating something unhealthy like if i hadn't had this food pre-prepared then i might have had some pizza or something like that but i just know to not keep that in the house so yeah i'm i'm sounding like a little bit of a teacher's pet right now because because it didn't go that badly last night with my story but i had all the same feelings that usually lead to self-sabotage so it kind of proves that you don't have to self-sabotage if you've got the right tactics and the right practice and the right experience which is what we're going to get onto today so what what things ben do you think i could have done because obviously there's more i could have done that was just a simple tactic but there's lots more you can do to to deal with with that kind of situation yeah so when you're stressed um tired exhausted one of the tactics kind of the one you employed was was just saying no so you even if you wanted to go and order a pizza, you wanted to have a takeaway or whatever it was, or even if a thought came in your mind, like I'd really like a beer right now or whatever it was, you were able to not give in to that. So it's learning to say no. And it's, it's, it's almost, it's easier to say, it's easy to say no to yourself. That's the easiest thing to say no to, but it's when somebody else is, when you're at the end of that tire, that day, and then you come home and then your partner or whoever somebody suggests like you know we should get a pizza together 
it's then very, very easy to get dragged into that situation. So it's learning to say no, not only to yourself, but other people as well. Yeah, and you can also but, you can also talk yourself into these things, can't you? Because you can. There's definitely an element of someone else persuading you makes it twice as easy because you think they're doing it, so it must be fine. But there's also that self-talk that's like, I deserve this. Look, I've worked really hard. I deserve this, so I will I will have it because I've deserved it. But at some point, working hard can't deserve eating or drinking anything you want because you'll never get what you want with your body. Yeah. So with stress, tiredness, and exhaustion, that is kind of, I wouldn't say it's always the solution that le- always the situation that leads to self sabotage, but it's that's one I can identify, and then another one I can identify is when you feel like you've already failed a little bit. This is this tends to be the spiral of self sabotage people fall into. So let's say you have a crap day at, at work or whatever, and then you come home and you have. Um, well, I'm at my friend's house at the moment, um, my friend Jack in Scarborough. He's been kind enough to let me stay for a few days. And last night I was really hungry. So we went out and played pool. I won a couple of games. I was pretty pleased with that. And then we came back at kind of midnight. Stayed up talking to him for a while because I haven't seen him for a while. And then it was sort of half past 12, 1 a.m. And I was hungry, but there wasn't... There's Obviously, it's not my house, so I don't have my own prepared, pre-prepared food and stuff like Rob had in the house. So I just said to Jack, can I have a snack? And he was like, yeah, we've got this, this, and this. And what he had, we had, I had a packet of Skips, packet of hula hoops, uh, a chocolate M&M cookie, and two digestive biscuits, because that was in there. And I, I needed to get some calories in. I was super hungry. So that situation, what I did there was not ideal. I didn't exactly make healthy choices. I didn't make the best choice in that situation. But the other way people can self-sabotage is they'll do that. And then because of the the guilt and the shame that they feel from doing that, then they'll let that bleed over into further meals. So someone may do that. You may kind of have a little bit of a slip up, which is always going to happen at some point with your nutrition. Then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, I failed yesterday. I did terrible. I um, I've ruined my whole diet. So then you have... You eat, you eat loads of crap food again for breakfast and then you're like, oh, I failed at breakfast. And then you sabotage more at lunch. So it's like a downward spiral. Every time you mess up, you feel worse. So then you mess up more, you self-sabotage more in order to make yourself, in order to get over the previous failure. And you just get into the spiral where you can't seem to find a way out of it. Yeah, and what makes it even worse is if you've got this strict approach, you've got like a, let's say you're following a diet or a plan and it says you must do this this is what you're supposed to do the minute you start doing things that you're not supposed to do and that are banned on that approach then what tends to happen is a you feel guilty that you've messed up you feel annoyed that you've messed up and then i think a lot of people have this fuck it again getting the f-bomb in early (laughs) the uh, fuck it approach that they think well i've screwed up the diet for the day the day is ruined so they just go and continue to eat whatever they want partly from guilt and wanting to feel better but also partly just because they think that the day is ruined, but the day is never really ruined. Like every single decision is a chance to go back in the right direction or further in the wrong di- direction. And diet is not a case of um, perfect and then failure or black or white. It's a million shades of gray and or it's like a dimmer switch. Like if you go slightly in one direction, you can go slightly in the other direction and correct for it. You, It's never game over. It's never, there's never a tipping point where suddenly you've failed and 
you might as well just give up for the day. That that never exists, although it can feel like it. So yeah, the reason I didn't feel like I'd failed at that point is because the rules I follow with my nutrition allow me to make mistakes. They allow me to eat, eat unhealthy foods. They allow me to eat the foods I enjoy. They allow me to skip a workout and I don't have to feel bad about those things. Um, there is kind of a... Um, it's not like black and white. Like you could have, like Rob was saying about the really strict approach before. Um, you can have a, on one hand a really, really strict approach, which if you could put it into action every single day, it would, would work perfectly. And on the other hand, you can have a really, really unstrict approach. You could be the person who's just like, I eat whatever I want. I don't even care. I don't go to the gym. I don't care. It's fine. And if you just do that and do whatever you want all of the time, obviously then you're gonna end up unhealthy. So there's this middle ground where it's strict enough well, there's enough structure there that you're going to see really good results, but there is enough um, flexibility there that you can still you can still make mistakes and you can still enjoy the process as you go along with it. Yeah, exactly. And let's not make this cryptic for everyone. Like the the way this works is that fat loss, the science of it's very simple. You will lose weight. You will lose fat if you eat the right amount of calories for you. So you eat a small amount less than you burn every day. So your body has to tap into your stored body fat as an energy source and burn that so all you have to do is eat the right amount of calories for you every day and you will lose fat and if you get some of those from cookies or whatever that's fine as long as then you correct for it and then the next meal you eat something that is a bit less calories than you may normally eat and you can make it all fit around no problem once you learn how anyway so this is what this is kind of the approach ben was talking about having a flexible approach where you just focus on what really matters for fat loss, not some cryptic system where it says you have to cook this meal from this meal plan and then you'll magically lose fat. But if you eat anything else, you won't. That doesn't tend to work very well. That can lead to more self-sabotage because you don't really understand what's going on. So when you haven't been able to follow the approach, you don't know any other way. Whereas if you understand the fundamentals, like what really causes you to see the progress you want to achieve, then you can take things into your own hands and you can take responsibility for it. So even if you're tired and stressed, you you stand more chance of making a better decision or getting things back on track sooner, I think. Like knowledge is power to a certain degree and a lot of diets take that away from people so that they're stuck with them forever. Definitely. So I think if you're trying to deal with self-sabotage, the first thing you can do is set yourself up with an approach which allows you to avoid that downward spiral that you can get sucked into if you're following something really, really strict. So that's the first thing you can do. Like you can physically change the way you approach your nutrition, change the way you approach your workouts. And then the second kind of thing that you need to do is then deal with the the triggers which lead to that sabotage in the first place. Yeah. So deal with the fact that you're going to at some point you're going to end up feeling stressed you're going to end up feeling tired you're going to end up feeling exhausted there are things you can do to reduce the stress to reduce your tiredness and to reduce your exhaustion so one thing that i do every single day to reduce my stress our clients do every single day rob you do it every single day as well is meditation so before coming on this call i lay on the sofa for 10 minutes with my little meditation timer going it plays me these little bells that ding every two and a half minutes to uh let me know. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I might I drift off into thoughts. The little bell brings me back. But I do my meditation every single day. 
I don't try and get too caught up in it. I'm one of these people who's very uh, skeptical of all of this stuff. I'm not like, I'm not a very religious, spiritual kind of person. I went to a meditation course. It was a brilliant course. They um, they taught me some great techniques about meditation, but I try not to worry about all of the, you know, more spiritual. I want to say hippie, hippie-ish side of side of things, and just look at it more as like I'm. It's just time for me to chill out and clear my head. And I find that just by doing this daily, building it up as a habit every single day, I'm much better able to deal with stress than I used to be able to. It just teaches you to kind of take a little, take a second and like chill out for a second. What would you say is your experience with it, Rob? Yeah, roughly the same kind of thing. Like, again, I'm not, I don't want to put a label on it, but I'm not a particularly hippie-ish spiritual person. If if you're into that, that's great as well. If it works for you, then nothing wrong with that. But Ben and I are both engineers by trade or by background, not by trade, because that's not what we do. Our background is in engineering, very logical kind of guys, and therefore it's kind of that's kind of opposed to that kind of thing. But when I was introduced to meditation and started doing it, it definitely helped. Like people around me started saying, "You're not you're not flipping your lid anymore like you used to. You're not." losing your mind at the smallest, silliest things. You're just kind of able to stay calm or take a second before you react to things. And whether that's with food, whether that's snapping at your family members, your partner, your kids, it can really make a difference. And it it seems like a big time commitment. I will say that because every day I have a battle in my mind saying this is gonna, this is a waste of time, I need to get on. But it creates so much more time in the fights that you don't cause, the arguments you don't cause, the time you don't waste doing pointless things. Um, so it's really beneficial for me and as a side note you have, like Ben said you don't need to don't want to stress about it too much how perfect you do it if you can do a course it's great if you just use an app like Headspace that's also great um, whatever works for you like I fell asleep this morning I'm not going to lie <laughs> don't always fall asleep but when my final meditation bell went off I was I like jumped up I'd even lay on the I lay on the floor by my bed because I know if I get in my bed I'll fall asleep so I lay on the floor Did I'm doing these eardrops at the moment Clearly, I'm a picture of health. So I did these eardrops and thought I'd lie on my side on the floor to let the eardrop kind of do its thing. And then like 15 minutes later, I was startled into waking up. Um, so you don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be really unpleasant. It doesn't have to be, like it doesn't matter if you fall asleep when you do it sometimes. That's just a sign probably for me that I'm overdoing it right now and I need to take a bit more time for me, which may actually bring us on to another point. <laughs> So meditation's one way to deal with stress and tiredness and exhaustion. What other ideas have you got, Ben? So the second way to deal with stress, tired, uh, tire, <laughs> tiredness and uh, exhaustion, I was going to lead into taking time for yourself. So meditation is kind of the ultimate form of taking time for yourself because it's time just inside of your own brain. And in the world we live in now, I say this a lot, but we're like connect most people Me, I am one of the worst culprits with this. I'm like glued to my phone more than probably anyone I know. I'm like constantly checking through my phone. It's like a, it's like a habit, like a compulsion. Um, I just check through things constantly for absolutely no reason. But if I'm meditating, I've got my eyes closed. I am with my own thoughts, just with myself. And that really allows me to chill out. But you can also take time for yourself in ways which has, which are not meditating. So there are always gonna be people uh, demanding your time and demanding that you, um, you know, do things for them. 
I can't think. I, was, I had a good. Uh, I forgot, forgot what it was. But anyway, there's always there's always going to be people who are demanding your time. Like at work, you're going to have people that want you to do things for them. There's going to be people in your family asking you to do things for them, etc., etc., etc. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do things for other people. If somebody says like, "Can I? Can you make me a cup of tea or whatever?" and it's going to take you two minutes, then that could be a good idea. But let's say you're somebody who's already pushed for time. You've got kids to worry about. You've got to do the school run. You've got a full-time job. You've got this fitness plan to do as well. And then someone who's maybe, I don't think this is going to sound mean, but somebody who's maybe not that important to you asks you like, can you like help me dig my garden for six hours on the weekend? There are definitely situations where it would be better to take that time for yourself than to spend that time on somebody else's needs. And a lot of people who are very, very nice people, some of the, like, the nicest people are the are people who tend to do loads of things for uh, for other people. But people can fall into the trap that they do so much that stuff for other people, they spend so much time looking after everybody else that they then neglect taking care of themselves. And because they don't take care of themselves, they end up suffering. Their body suffers, their health suffers, their mood suffers, they feel down, they feel miserable. And then when they're around the people that they are trying to be there for the most, they're not able to be that best version of themselves because they haven't looked after themselves first. So I think it's really important to just take time for yourself in order to deal with your deal with your own stresses. Yeah, I think every that's just like a human need that you need some space, not loads, but I think everyone needs some space. Like my mum had a friend um, who used to live down our road and she was one of these, like my mum's similar to this as well. I think a lot of mums are, who was just a a really, I don't know what the word is, just a helpful person, a carer. Let's call it a carer, not, not as a job title, just as a person. So always wants to do stuff for other people, always wants to see other people happy. Um, and a lot of mums are like this. And this lady was like this and she was always caring about her daughter doing everything to please her husband that could possibly be done to please him, never thinking of herself, putting him first in every decision. If he wanted to move to another place for work, she'd move. If he wanted to do this, she'd do that. Never did anything for herself. And then 20 years down the line, she realized actually she'd left her in a really unhappy place. She'd um, completely sacrificed herself and her health and her weight and all these things just to please everyone else. And there's, there's kind of... Um, there's a big disadvantage to this because then you leave a lot of, um, I don't want to call it baggage because that sounds bad, but a lot of problems that will eventually manifest themselves. And they did eventually, like she, nothing terrible happened, but she had to get a lot of counselling to help deal with this. And then she realised that actually she needs to start putting her foot down. The counselling taught her that she needs to start saying no to other people, no to her husband, no to her daughter sometimes, and just say, look, I'm doing me, you do you. And, uh, that's the only way I can be happy because deep down she was feeling really depressed and unhappy and um, comfort eating because of it and all these things. And if you don't make yourself happy, no one else is going to do that for you. I think that's one of the big lessons you could take away from this is you're responsible for your own happiness. I know it's going to be difficult if you're a mum with not much time, but you're still responsible for your own happiness. You're responsible for taking that time for yourself to feel good about yourself. And it could be as simple as having a bubble bath with some candles at night with some nice music on. It doesn't have to be something really fancy. You don't have to buy a spa retreat holiday and blow a thousand pounds. It can just be a bath with bubble bath with some candles or something that just helps you to feel good about yourself. That's not wine. That's not chocolate. That's not one of these classic um, 
classic what's the word i'm looking for pick me ups um yeah that's yeah that wasn't actually the word i was looking for but that works (laughs) (laughs) it's better than whatever i was going to come up with i don't know what i was going to say so but um i find there's a couple of interesting points here from so basically when people rob was talking about when you when you feel bad about yourself there are we all have like different coping mechanisms for how we feel bad about ourselves and i think a lot of well pretty much all behavior that you see in your life which is not serving you and which is not functional comes from your own inner sense of self-worth in some way so if you feel bad about yourself then that can manifest itself in a number of different ways so for me if i when i if i'm like looking internally into myself and i'm thinking like you know i'm not feeling that great about myself today I'm feeling a bit crap my the way i would deal with that my strategy for coping with that is to then instead of focusing on my own problems inside i'll then focus on helping other people solve their problems because if i'm in if i'm invested in somebody else's problems in somebody else's business I don't have to be inside of my problems. So I can I can pretend that the problems I have then don't exist. Now, this is not ideal because it means I never, I you know, it's if I'm always in somebody else's problems, I'm never like thinking about what, you know, what issues I'm facing in my own life, why I might be feeling down, why I might be feeling unhappy. But then there's a flip side to everything because I always, because I really care about solving other people's problems, it conveniently makes me want to be a good coach. So one of the reasons that I think me and Rob both want to both went into this business that we do now, helping people with their fitness is because we're both naturally people who are problem solvers and are really like quite good at solving other people's problems. So one way that people might cope with their own like lack of self-esteem is looking at, is helping other people. So helping everybody else, because then you don't have to focus on your own problems. Another, another part of that is that if you feel like you're you don't have inherent kind of value there you can also feel that you then don't deserve to do nice things for yourself like so rob was saying you know whether that is taking a nice bubble bath with some candles going for a nice walk on your own treating yourself going out to the cinema getting a haircut you might feel if your self-esteem is low which can be, which can come as a result as, you know, you're maybe a little bit overweight, maybe you're out of shape, maybe you're feeling down because you've failed at different dieting approaches in the past. Whatever it is, if your self-esteem is low, you can then feel like you're not worthy of doing nice things for yourself. And then that leads to a downward spiral because you don't do nice things for yourself, then you feel worse about yourself and then you sabotage, you feel more stressed, you feel more down, and then you self-sabotage more and more and more. And then your self-esteem goes down the more you self-sabotage. So it's a really, really tricky situation to get out of. Dropping some bombs today. (laughs) That was deep, but that's so true. I think there's huge guilt around this as well. I think especially Ben and I obviously can't relate to this exactly as non-parents, but I've heard it enough times. The parents have huge especially mums, huge guilt around taking time for themselves because they feel like they've got to serve their kids 24-7. Maybe they also don't feel like they want to burden their other half because maybe their other half works and they don't. I know that's that's a bit of a stereotype, but it does happen um, quite a lot. So they say, I'm just going to look after the kids all myself, take on everything myself, um, not ever book them into 
after school clubs or crashes or whatever because they feel guilty about offloading them occasionally or onto courses or onto activities so they spend the whole time looking after the kids and end up they some at some point something's got to give and usually it's the person doing all this caring that then ends up kind of destroying themselves in the process and leaving themselves in a real mess as you said ben so down this downward spiral getting in a worse and worse place and the only thing left to make themselves feel better is food or drink because there's nothing left there's nothing else that's quick enough that can give them that hit that doesn't require other people that can make themselves feel better so i, I really think you've hit the nail on the head <laughs> that is the the ultimate cause of self-sabotage is it's kind of your own self-worth issues as you said ben but you you read a good book on this didn't you yeah, I was reading, uh, it's a book by Debbie Ford, which is called Why Good People Do Bad Things. So the whole point of that book is basically, it looks at like, you know, why you end up in these situations where you're self-sabotaging, why, you, why you'll snap at somebody you care about, why you'll end up, um, why people will turn to alcohol for comfort, why people will overeat, all of these things. And then it, basically all of it, every single thing in the whole book comes down, to, came down to self-worth in some way. And then everybody's different. So these solutions, all the, well, these problems are like, this is like beyond, beyond what we do really in terms of mindset stuff. It's kind of something I'm, I'm still figuring out for myself, but everybody deals with things in different ways. So there'll be either people who tend to care about other people and put those people first. There are people who, um, they'll kind of, they'll take that kind of carer role in order to take the focus off themselves. Then there's also people who will like bully other people to take the focus off themselves. There's people who isolate themselves. Um, it, and it all depends on who you are really. So there's, this book goes through how all these coping mechanisms are, but it, it'll help you identify which kind of behaviors you tend towards. And then it gives you solutions. Like if you're the person who, I don't know, for example, if you're the person who always focuses on other people's problems instead of your own, it's then about learning how to step out of their problems and and take time to look after your, yourself instead so yeah the solution's always going to be different for every single person but yeah summing this one up putting yourself first is important you're important you matter if you don't take care of yourself then you're not going to be able to take care of those people that you care about as well if you look at yourself as let's say you in your house you're like the you are the you're the leader of the house. You're the queen. You do everything. You sort everything out, especially if you've got kids. So if you if you're not happy and if you're not fulfilling your needs, then you can't serve everybody else. So this could just be as simple as as a lot of people actually. Um, we email loads of people who are like thinking of signing up, and I, I do hear people who are like, you know, I've got all of this stuff to do. I have to pick the kids up from school. I have to do my job. I have to cook my dinner for my husband and kids as well. And I always think, like, imagine how it would change if you could get your husband to cook dinner a couple of times a week and take that burden off yourself. And then you you literally spend time chilling out on that day, doing nothing while your husband cooks dinner. I know if I had a, girl, a girlfriend and she, well, I, I love cooking, but <laughs> if a girl asked me to cook for her, I'd have no problem doing it, basically. Yeah, my... The story I told earlier about, I don't want to name her name, but the lady who used to live down her road, one of the things was she was always doing the cooking and um, never doing, never having anyone else doing anything. 
and I think it would it made a big difference um, having conversations. Basically, that's what the counselor led led her to. Is like you need to actually talk to your other half or whoever it is. Let's say it's your boss, whoever it is who's taking up so much of your time that you are self destructing. You have to sometimes just have a difficult conversation with this person and say, "Look, this is driving me insane inside. Like this is really getting." getting me, uh, making me unhappy, making me tired, making me stressed out. And I'd just appreciate it so much if you could do X for me or Y for me. Like I had a, Ben knows about this. I had a big issue, family issue last year. Well, it's been going on for years. So my dad had an affair years ago and I just, I had all this resentment built up inside that I didn't even know was there. Honestly, didn't. I thought I was over it and he thought I was over it. And um, I'd never really talked about it. We're quite closed in some respects. And um, I hadn't talked about it. And so I kept this kind of pent up anger inside. And I went on a course with Ben last year. I thought it was about business. Ended up all being about this family issue coming out, pouring out. I couldn't help it. Ended up crying in front of a load of men. Uh, Not the coolest thing ever. But um, ultimately, I realized I actually needed to deal with it. And I spent three days going through this issue at this event, working out what my problems were with it working out why a lot of my my issues with it were actually irrational and then realizing I just had to have a conversation. It was the most crazy thing. I'd realized it was causing me to self-sabotage, causing me to react badly to people, not having a proper relationship with my dad because I was resentful. And I just had to deal with the issue. I had a conversation. It was scary. It wasn't pleasant at first. And obviously this is an extreme example. But once I'd had that, it was a huge relief. He knew where I stood, I knew where he stood, and then we were able to go from there. And sometimes inside of your family, if you've been with someone for years and you've never addressed a certain thing that's just getting on you, your mind or wearing you out or wearing you down, you've just got to have that conversation. And I'm, I can now say, having gone through this, it's one of the the most liberating things you can do is just have that conversation and actually get your feelings off your chest and so many of us if you're like me I'm the type of person who just keeps stuff inside or thinks I can deal with it or I read a book like Ben just talked about and say I can deal with this on my own but sometimes you've actually got to talk to your partner and just say like look I'm knackered I cannot keep going like this and I really want to do something about my weight it makes me feel like this and that and if you're open with them ultimately you will get to where you want to get to with them if they're an understanding person which let's hope they are um, most people will actually react well if you, instead of just snapping and saying, you never do anything, you just say, look, this is how bad it's making me feel. I'd really appreciate some help with this. And as Ben said, I'm sure then they might be open to cooking or taking the kids to school or balancing things out a bit. Um, because I think that one of the main reasons people self-sabotage is just taking too much on their plate and uh, internalizing everything. Like I didn't, I honestly thought we were going to give you more tactics than this, but I've realized just talking through this and we kind of know this, this is what Unstoppable Events are all about. The biggest cause of all your problems is not the surface level things. It's not the um, it's not the having the wine that's the problem. It's the reason you're having the wine. It's not the the diet that's the problem. It's the reason why you, you're struggling to stick to it that's, that's the deeper problem. I mean, Tony Robbins talks about this. He says the um, people focus on, think of things like an iceberg. You know, the tip of the iceberg is like the smallest part of it people focus on that tip of the iceberg kind of problems, like the little problems, so they can ignore the big ones underneath that are causing all the issues. So obviously we can't solve all of these issues on this podcast, but that is why we do our Unstoppable Weekend. So Ben. Yeah, definitely. Ben. I agree with that one, 100%.
like uh, I I had this sort of this similar sort of realization as well because uh, at this same event that Rob's talking about, often it takes these events are great like breakthrough event kind of things because you get forced into a situation where you have to you have to dig deeper into these problems and it's something you can you never kind of look about. So I was I was just sort of coasting along in my life on autopilot having all having having problems in my life the problems for me would show up in like my relationships with other people so i said before like i was always trying to i'm always trying to solve other people's problems so in a relationship with somebody else a girlfriend or whatever i would be so focused on their problems it, make, it could make me a very negative very critical person to the person who i was with and i would be doing this and i would catch myself mid-sentence being like Oh, you know, this is I'm not I'm actually being not very nice here to this person, and I I would have no idea why, so I had no no like solution to the problem, and it was only when I went to this event and realized that it came down to the the deeper issues within myself, so my own kind of self esteem and all of those kind of things, and I suddenly had this like aha moment when I was like ah oh, okay, so this is why I've been screwing up my relationships. Maybe I've been sabotaging my own relationships because I don't feel like I'm worthy of having a good relationship or I've just been sabotaging my relationships because I'm so, I have these own, my own issues inside, but I've been so focused on other people's issues that it doesn't make me a very nice person to be around. So having that realization of where your, where all of this negative, this behavior comes from, and then knowing that you can actually, you can actually fix the root cause of that problem is really is really really important because unless you fix the root cause of of why you're self-sabotaging you're not going to be able to get to the point where you can where you can really self-sabotage you can kind of put put plasters over it and try and cover up the symptoms you know like hiding the wine not buying the chocolate etc 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 but eventually you're going to find a way around it you're going to walk down to the shops you're going to get yourself a bottle of wine it's just it's going to come back until you deal with the the, the root issue yeah, definitely. And I mean, that sometimes it is a simple solution. And if it keeps coming back, you've obviously not dealt with the issue. But a simple issue like yesterday, I don't think there was a deeper issue why I ended up feeling tempted to self-sabotage and knackered. I simply didn't plan my day well and ended up working too late. The solution would probably have been to just draw a line under my work a couple of hours earlier and taking some more time for me. So that was not a complicated solution. But if it's a cycle, as Ben talked about, that keeps coming back around, then there's something going on there that's causing that to happen. And it's probably a self-esteem, a self-belief issue that's kind of below that. But we do have some strategies that can help you with that that are that are simpler than reading books and going to breakthrough events and things, although those are probably the best things for it, because we'll avoid solving these problems otherwise. But Ben, what other what other things can you do to kind of work on your self-belief every single day? Or over time I think that the fastest way to improve your self-esteem and to improve the way you feel about yourself and your self-belief is to start winning at something basically and um, one of the easiest things you can win at something that's really really easy to control and conveniently what we do is winning with your health and fitness if you're listening to this podcast you probably want to improve your body in some way and a big turning point in my life was when I realized that working on my body and going to the gym um, really lifted my mood. I mean, there's like a physical way it does it. You get all the all the positive hormones and endorphins. Your body, you know, rewards you with with happy chemicals in your brain for doing the exercise in the first place. But then when you 
when you've done that workout, you feel really proud of yourself. You feel really good. And then when you, a couple of months down the line, a month down the line, you look in the mirror, you compare yourself now to how you looked a month ago and you're like, wow, I've really made some some really good improvements in my body. Then that also gives you that self-esteem. You start believing in yourself. You start believing you can do it. You're like, well, if I can succeed with my body in this, then I can succeed with anything. So one of the fastest ways you can start um, boosting your self-esteem is to start building healthier habits, sticking to those habits long enough to see some results in the mirror. And then when you do see results in the mirror, actually start celebrating those results that you see. So the one of the fastest, like biggest waste of time you could possibly do is if you start going to the gym, you start seeing results in the mirror, but you never really give yourself credit for it. You always just look at it and you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not as, I don't look like this Instagram model yet, so I failed. And if you're always in that situation, your self-belief is never going to go up, which means your motivation is never going to go up and you're very likely to continue self-sabotaging and get stuck in the cycle of, of yo-yo dieting. Yeah, so that's one thing we do with our clients. We do the daily win every single day. They just write down in a journal or something very simply, like one thing that they've done well that day, one thing they've achieved that day, one thing that's positive from that day. And I even do it. I write three down a day, a little bit more advanced, but basically exactly the same thing. So, for example, I'll pull up what mine were today. Hopefully there's nothing rude in here. Actually, there might be one, so I'm not reading the one. (laughs) It might be a bit rude. Okay, I'll read the other two. Um, 10 strict muscle-ups. So I did something at the gym that I'd never done before um, on the rings. So that was really positive for me because I kind of, I'm always the kind of person who plays things down. So I did this and then the coach was coming over going, oh, it's going well. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, been trying these for a while, but really it's a big achievement. I'd never done that many before. So I put that down. I'm like, okay, I can achieve something. I can keep progressing. It's working and that keeps me going. And then the other thing was, we sold, I'm not going to say the number again, but a decent amount of um, new plans yesterday or new programs. And that's really positive because that means the business is, all the work we're doing is paying off. So again, it's, it's just a quick reminder by writing this wind down that goes, oh yeah, things are not so bad. Because it's very easy to focus on all the negatives. Like I'm a negative person um, at heart, I would say. I'm trying to change that. But I will often pick up on all the things that are going wrong. And a lot of people will do this. They'll go like, oh, yesterday I might have done 10 strict muscle-ups in the gym. But then in the workout afterwards that we did, I really suffered. And I felt someone else was faster than me. Or someone did did 20 muscle-ups. And I'll focus on that. And they'll go, oh, they, they don't even look that strong. And I'll start beating myself up. And then I'll go, oh, in, in work... We did all right. We sold a reasonable amount of stuff yesterday, which is positive. But oh, then last year, this month, we sold more or something along these lines. And I'll start looking at all the negatives. So the key is to just focus on a few simple things that are positive, not look at anything else. Don't try and play it down. Like give yourself permission to say, look, I am winning at something. It might be so simple. Like Ben, give some examples of really simple wins that someone could could pick out. They don't need to be big things, do they? Yeah, there are really simple ones. I think everybody gets taught to kind of that boasting is bad. Like you get taught this at some point in your life, you know, that you shouldn't show off, especially especially English people. I think Americans are a lot more uh, open to doing this. You know, they'll be like, yeah, I'm awesome. That's true. I'm great. <laughs> but if you do that in England, everyone's just kind of like, just chill out, mate. Shut up. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so often, 
there are times when I've had these conversations with people we've been coaching and it's been like, you know, give us three wins for a day and they're like, nothing. I can't think of anything. There's nothing I've succeeded at today. But it can be the simplest thing. It can literally be like, you know, um, I had one chocolate bar at work instead of 10. Or it can be, I did a workout or I went for a walk. I meditated for two minutes. It could even be as simple as I did really well at work in my presentation. I got this project. I completed this project. I took my kid to the park and had a really, really good time. I cooked dinner for my family. It can be anything, anything that you're proud of. You just got to say, what am I proud of achieving today? And then write that down. Yeah, and over time that will build up. So once, obviously, it's not a remarkable thing. You're probably listening to this going, great, Ben and Rob, you just, that's, I've heard that before. That's not a big deal. That's How's that going to change things for me? But it's not nothing in terms of this mindset stuff is it's going to be an overnight shift if you come to a breakthrough event like unstoppable like whatever me and ben went to last year you can get a faster shift that's the only real way but if you're working on things yourself it's going to be a case of habits it's going to be a case of going i'll do my daily win today i feel 0.001 percent better i'll do it tomorrow i'll feel 0.002 percent better but a month down the line six months down the line It'll be unquantifiably better like it'll, this will all add up so that you i'm using all these big words i don't know why it'll all add up so you feel way way better over time it's each day it's just a little building block a little habit that you add in that over time will build up to a big result like big results don't come from big actions big results come from little things done consistently definitely and so with these daily wins yeah what we would recommend is you write down Keep it really simple. Write three things down every day that you're proud of. Every month you've written down 90 things that you're proud of. And every year, that's gonna be a thousand things that you're proud of achieving for yourself every single year. So that really builds up. And if you wanna take this to another level, if you share your wins with other people, that will kind of take it up. Take it up a notch if that's what you wanna do. So being around people who will tolerate you being able to share those wins can really, really help. If you're around people constantly who are the kind of people where you're like, you know, oh, I've I've done really well at this, and they're like, just stop boasting, stop bragging and showing off, we don't care, then it can be, you can be pressured into like, you know, keeping quiet and not sharing those wins. Whereas if you surround yourself with people who are on the same kind of journey as you, and are both all trying to be positive, um, like our girls who are in, our ladies inside of our Trinity community, on the inside of our program, they will just, you know, post all their wins like, oh, I did really well in today's workout, was really good, really proud of myself, ate really well, my scores are great this week. And then all of them will just chime in like, well done, you're doing great. It's really, really, really positive in there. And I've had comments that, so some of the comments that we get from people are that our group is really, really positive compared to, compared to a lot of the other ones out there. And we do, we do try and keep it that way for a reason, so that you have this safe space to share your wins with other people without fear of getting judged for showing off. Yeah, because often people's partners or people's friends will be really negative. They'll be like, oh, not another diet. And they'll make all these comments that'll just wear you down. So sometimes, as Ben said, you need this safe space where you're not getting all this shooting down and all this negativity and people dragging you down, saying this is pointless, you're gonna fail again, it's too expensive, you're spending all this money on this fancy food, even though probably takeaways and unhealthy food cost more, but that's another story for another day. But having in this safe space to share these things, and they're not always as, like Ben. Ben's example was if something was going really well, and we have a lot of people doing that. But some people, it's 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 smaller things, but still big a big deal for them. So it might be, 
I was really stressed tonight, had a really busy day at work, the kids were going manic all evening, they've got to bed, and I've allowed myself a small glass of wine and enjoyed it, not felt guilty, but I didn't drink the bottle. And previously I would have drunk the bottle. And it's little things like that. Like it doesn't have to always be this huge thing or this entirely positive thing. It's 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 how you look at things. So obviously that is entirely positive. Maybe that's the wrong phrase. But it's it can always just be it's focusing on improvement. Like I was thinking of this phrase the other day that we we use where we say focus on progress and not perfection, because perfection is unrealistic for most of us and most days you can't be perfect, but you can progress on what you used to do. So going swinging from let's say you had a bottle of wine every few nights when you feel stressed to suddenly saying, I'm never going to drink again. That's probably too extreme approach and probably won't work for you and still allow you to enjoy your life, enjoy your diet. So instead, if you just focus on progress and say, instead of the bottle of wine, I'm just going to have a glass of wine that can still make a huge difference, not only in your results, but in the way you feel. And if you look at it as positive, then you're going to keep doing it as well. You're going to realize that's a much healthier approach for you. Definitely. So, yeah, if you if you have an approach which, as you were saying, like a, a non-extreme approach, which is not crazy that you can actually win at every single day, then you'll be able to have these wins. Whereas if your approach is ridiculously strict, if you say, I'm going to go to the gym twice a day, seven days a week, never drink alcohol again, and I'm only going to eat chicken, rice and broccoli and nothing else every single meal, and I'm going to eat 800 calories a day, then... It's impossible. You're not going to stick to it. It's not going to happen. And then when you fail, you're going to get sucked into this downward spiral. So I think it's really important to have a a system that you can follow, which allows you to win. So how would you recommend, Rob, you set up a system which allows you to win in terms of, in terms of being able to track that as well? So track your wins and know how you're doing. Yeah, so it's very important to have a simple system that you can follow so it's not overwhelming and I also think one that's kind of there's clarity to it like you understand why it's working and how you can win it how you can actually make it work so you're confident you're losing fat confident you're making progress because a lot of things are quite cryptic so the way we do it and obviously we're biased but I think this is one of the best ways to do it is to have some sort of daily scoring system where you can say did I do the work yes or no so that every single day you can just say did I do my workout? If you had a workout plan for that day, you don't have to work out every day. We don't with our clients. But did you do the exercise you meant to do? Did you do what you meant to do with your nutrition? Did you do what you meant to do with, on your mindset? That's what we do. We call it train, eat, and gain. And this T3 t system, train, eat, and gain system, we just say, what was your score for train? Did you do your workout? What was your score for your nutrition? Did you hit whatever you're doing with your nutrition? Something simple again. Did you do something with your mindset? And each thing's very simple. It's just a workout three or four times a week. The um, nutrition is either going to be breaking bad habits with food choices, doing the diet makeover. You mentioned that before. and Or tracking calories. So very simple again. And then the last thing would just be doing a couple of mindset exercises like the daily win we talked about today, like a green smoothie. And then you can just tick those things off. And then every day you know you're winning. And if you know you're winning, you don't have this gray area, this... Um, this this kind of difficult approach where a lot of people try and just do clean eating or they say i try and eat healthy but the problem with that is you don't know when you're winning you don't know when you've actually done what you're supposed to do it's this it's it's very inflexible and very it's almost overwhelming because you're like i have to eat clean the entire time or i basically failed 
Whereas if you have some flexibility in there and you have a way of scoring it saying, did I win? Then every day you can just tick the boxes, say I did those things. Doesn't take that long and you know you're succeeding. And that can go kind of one of two ways as well. Because if you've got this, this scoring system, which is a little bit like woolly, fluffy, you're not really sure, you know, did, did I eat clean today or not? You can go two kind of one or two ways of it. You can either convince yourself that what you did, which was actually not okay, like you ate, I don't know, you had a couple of pieces of cake and you just convince yourself that didn't happen because your scoring system is a bit kind of blurry and then you end up eating stuff you shouldn't have eaten every single day, but justifying it and then making no progress because of it. Or the other way around is you might have eaten, a, you might have eaten all right. You have like one chocolate biscuit in a day and then you convince yourself you failed for the entire day. So it's, I think there's too much opinion in that kind of system. But one thing we really make clear to our clients and to myself, I'm sure Rob probably does this as well, is that you, you'll, nobody will ever be perfect. So if, if somebody comes to us, we usually ask, you know, what scores are you going to commit to going forwards with um, with this? I remember when I was at this, this same event we were talking about, I came up with a challenge. I can't remember what challenge it was. I had to do 60 of these, I had to do these mindset worksheets and it was a 90 day challenge. And originally I said, I'm going to do 90 of these mindset, mindset worksheets. And the guy was like, the guy on the, running the course was like, no, you're, you're not going to complete 90. You're just going to set yourself up to fail. And then two weeks in, you're going to realize you've only done five and you're going to give up. So I then dialed that back down to, I had to complete only 60 of these sheets, which meant I don't have to be perfect in order to win. So my scoring system allows me to have succeeded without having to be completely perfect. So with our clients as well, if someone comes to us and says, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna hit my nutrition target seven days a week, I'm gonna do four workouts a week every single week, and I'm gonna do my mindset work seven days a week, every single week, we usually say, okay, just chill out for a second. Why don't you aim for six days a week with the nutrition and the mindset stuff? And then if you get seven, then it's a bonus. So it sets yourself up so that you win if you get six, and then you just win more if you get seven. Yeah, definitely don't aim. If you aim for perfection, then the minute you've not been perfect, then you just see it as a failure. So it's definitely good to have some flexibility in there. And also, it's very important just in general as like a, a concept to realize that failure is not really the opposite of success. This is going to sound like some guru level stuff, but I'll, I'll get there in a minute. Failure is not really the opposite of success. Like, we're led to think that and I think as children with parents and school teachers and everyone, they kind of make this thing, this failure thing seem really bad, especially nowadays, I think I'm going to sound like an old hack, but we all see failure as a terrible thing, like we can't possibly fail. So what most of us end up doing, especially as we grow older and we've made failures and they're uncomfortable, whatever they may be, let's say you, you did something at school and it was humiliating because everyone saw you mess it up. Over time, this gets ingrained that making mistakes is bad, it feels bad, and therefore we're terrified of making mistakes. So what then happens is we're so scared of making mistakes that we don't do anything. That we don't do anything and we just eat whatever we want. Um, or the minute we fail, we self-sabotage horribly because we think that was terrible. So instead, if you shift your view of failure, or let's not even call it failure, just falling off the wagon or coming off the path briefly as just a stepping stone, as a learning experience and a stepping stone to success, 
then you won't beat yourself up so badly about it because otherwise you will never learn. Like last year, Ben and I learned about 50, 50, maybe 100 things about business we didn't know before. We could have seen them as we're messing up, we're going backwards in certain respects with our business, it's all going to go wrong, we might as well quit because we'll never get there because we're we're failures um, and we made mistakes and we're clearly not never going to make it, we're not good enough to run a business. But instead, what we've done from that now, at the time it felt terrible, is go, look, we learned from that thing, we learned from that thing, we learned from that thing. Um, these things happen, everyone falls off the wagon, everyone makes mistakes, but those mistakes are something we can just learn from and those mistakes are something that's inevitable. You will make mistakes on your fitness journey. You will make mistakes when trying to lose weight. But that's okay. As long as you live and learn from them and just get back on the wagon, you will be fine. Yeah. And um, a really dangerous trap you can fall into with this whole failure versus success thing is, again, if your own kind of self-esteem and self-worth is is low if you believe that like inherently without anything external you don't have that much self-worth like you're not you're not worth anything unless you do xyz then you can start associating your own self-esteem with the things you're doing so as soon as you mess up your diet you know you eat you eat a couple of chocolate biscuits at work and because it doesn't fit in with your diet plan you decide you failed and then rather than just thinking like you know i failed i'm human i make mistakes you end up thinking instead i failed and that means I'm worthless as a person because I'm, you know, I'm unable to succeed at this diet. Therefore, I'm a, I'm a terrible person. I'm not worth anything. And then you feel crap about yourself and then you self-sabotage more and more and more. As we said before. So allow yourself. You are, you're a human being. We're all human beings. I'm a human being. Rob is, you are. And human beings fail at things all the time. We make mistakes. We get things wrong, but failure is, as Rob said, how we how we learn to um, how we learn to you know get better at things. And I'd say the only reason, in terms of fitness stuff, one of the reasons I know what I'm doing with my body and with my um, my health and everything, is probably because I've I've got it wrong so many times. All the mistakes you could ever make with nutrition and and training and stuff i've probably made at some point i've done some terrible workouts that were just would, wouldn't have worked in any way i've done some i've followed some ridiculous nutrition approaches like eating 700 gram bars of chocolate a day that's almost a kilo of chocolate every single week i never really thought about that eating loads of chocolate every day eating fish finger sandwiches for every meal pizza and chips every every dinner time but the only reason I've got to the point I'm at now is because I was I was I failed very very quickly. I failed a lot in a short period of time. I was like, right, okay, I've done this. I've messed it up. That's fine. That didn't work. Okay, what's the next thing? And I think a lot of our, a lot of people that we work with who have succeeded now, the only reason they've succeeded now is because they, the failure for them was part of the process. So they they were at a point. I don't know. They may have been at a point where they're unhappy with their weight. They join some kind of fatty diet plan or slimming club or something. And that fa- ultimately they failed at that. They didn't actually manage to lose the weight they wanted to see. But through those failures, that journey eventually led them to something which which worked. So as long as you actually get to where you want to get to at the end, all the failure is just part of the journey, really. Yeah, we sound like hippie gurus now, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> And then moving on to the next thing, like the next 
thing that I think really causes self-sabotaging is 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 very simple. It's just bad habits. Like over time, you will build bad habits. If if you're in the habit of self-sabotaging, the more you self-sabotage, the more you will self-sabotage. It's like it's that downward spiral again. And if you keep doing it and you keep getting that feeling of feeling better, that feeling of ah, oh, drunk drinking this glass of wine ah, bliss, this is really nice, like, finally some time for myself, or, ah, I'm eating this bar of chocolate, every time I feel stressed, I go over to the petrol station over the road, buy a bar of chocolate, over time, you'll just do this more and more, you keep, keep uh, greasing the groove, or whatever you want to call it, you keep embedding this habit, over and over and over, until it just becomes something you do, and it's harder to break, so you're going to have to break those bad habits, like, if you keep keep making these habits stronger it's going to be harder to break but you can always break them so ben how how would you suggest someone goes about breaking them and uh, assisting them in that it's kind of a two-step process so first of all you've got to get rid of the thing that's not working for you so if you currently come home every day and eat your body weight in chocolate and drink two bottles of wine that habit's probably not serving you and getting you what you want you're probably ending up you know your weight's going up your, the way you feel about yourself is getting worse. Your self-confidence is going down. So you first got to break that habit and then replace that habit that's not working with a new habit. So the first thing you really need is a plan, an action plan, which tells you these are the rules you need to follow. And as we were talking about before, that needs to be, it needs to be flexible. It needs to be realistic. It needs to be set up in a way which allows you to fail, doesn't require you to be perfect and is actually going to be possible for you to win at, possible for you to succeed at. I think a lot. I think a lot of people worry about is whether they actually can succeed at this, especially if you've if you've been trying to lose weight or see some kind of results for a long period of time, and it just hasn't happened for you. People can worry that it's just not going to happen for them. But I, I'm very confident that with the right approach, anybody can succeed. So you need this approach which tells you to get rid of the bad habits and replace them with good ones, but good ones that you could actually stick to and you can actually succeed with. And then it's just a case of putting those new habits into action. So those habits could be nutrition stuff, they could be workout stuff, or they could be working on your mindset. So for example, working on your self-esteem. So one habit could be doing those daily wins every day. One, one habit could be meditating every day one could be just taking time for yourself you start building these healthier habits in where you're actually looking after yourself better and as rob said as it's just a case of putting them into time putting them into action for as long a period of time that they become habits and there's a couple of things which can help you do that because you might say you know i can't just today decide i'm going to stop all of the bad habits i'm doing and start all of the new ones and that's very, very realistic. When you, when you, If I just decided I was gonna start a new habit today, it's gonna to be very difficult. And if I wanna make my life easier, one, there's a couple of things I can do. The first one is to be accountable to someone. So when you're accountable, you're much more likely to put it into action. So I know Rob goes to CrossFit every day and signs up for CrossFit sessions in advance, which means he's then accountable. Because if you've, you've signed up for it, Rob, and then you don't turn up, someone's going to be there and they're going to know that you haven't turned up, right? Yeah, you get in trouble. And if you cancel too late, you get a late cancellation mark on your name as well. So you kind of have to go. So yeah, by making himself accountable, Rob is then very, very consistent with going going to CrossFit. And I, I had this 
I also I signed up for some jujitsu classes as well. Um, back when I was, well, I I did some over Christmas when I was in Stafford, and I remember one I there was there's a Facebook group for this jujitsu place near where I live, and the guy who runs the who runs the classes posted he was like who's coming tonight. I remember I put my name down. I was like I'll be there at six or whatever whatever it was, and I remember just before it thinking like I can't be bothered to go. I could just skip it, and I was like damn it. I've already said I'm going to go. I'm already accountable to the coach and everybody else is going to be there. So I have to show up. So having accountability there can really help you at first. I think it's essential at first. And that accountability can be from anyone. It could be from a friend. It could be your gym partner. I know when me and when Rob, when me and you used to train together, we were basically like accountability partners for each other because we lived together and we worked out together every single day. Well, not every single day, every single session when we were at uni. So I would, you know, I'd be in the kitchen. I'd be looking at what Rob was eating. He'd be looking at what I was eating. I'd be thinking like, oh, Rob's, Rob's eating that healthy food. I should probably eat that healthy food as well. Rob's lifting this much weight in the gym. I should probably lift this much weight too. So it can be someone who's going along the journey with you. It could be a PT if that's the way you go. If you go to the gym and you have a PT who keeps you on track, it could be an online coach. But it's just having somebody there who's just going to say to you, did you do what you said you were going to do or did you not do what you said you're going to do? And then that just puts pressure on you to actually get it done. So accountability is one thing. The next one, which I kind of, it's it's similar, but it's what I'd call association. So surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same thing, just seeing people constantly who are following the same patterns that you are. So I find this with I'm not going to name names but when I depends on depending on who I'm with in a relationship girlfriends wise my habits will either be better get better or they will suffer depending on the person if I'm with someone who is constantly they'll get up at 6am they'll go and work out every day I'm surrounded by that and I see that behavior every single day and it inspires me to want to do the same whereas if I'm with someone who gets up at midday every day suddenly my sleeping pattern starts to suffer and I start getting up at midday every day. So surrounding yourself with people who like motivate you and inspire you and show you that the the standard that the standard to live by is a higher standard rather than people who live by quite low standards then you're forced to either feel bad because you're not keeping up with everybody else or step up your game and keep up with the rest of the pack and that also helps you to build habits over time. And over you eventually get to the point where suddenly you wake up one day and you're like, oh, oh, I've become a healthy person over time. I've suddenly now I go to the gym every week and I eat really well and it's not difficult. I just kind of get on with it. Yeah, you just got to get through that phase of learning, building the habits, greasing the groove, whatever you want to call it. But those are there's things that can help so much as Ben just talked about an action plan to follow so knowing what you should be doing every day so you're confident in what you're doing you don't have to constantly question it having that accountability so someone's saying did you do what you said yes or no we signed up to lots of coaching programs in the past some online some in person where either way every week someone says or every day what did you do and then the association of a group of other people traveling the same path can make a huge difference as well so inside of our Trinity tribe trinity tribe community it's a bit of a mouthful lots of our clients link up with each other as accountability buddies accountability friends and they message each other daily saying tag the other person in it what did you do today 
did you do your workouts when are you doing your workouts this week and they keep each other accountable so having that combination is kind of like the the killer combination and then it's just a case of time keep giving it time and over time you will start becoming that person who's fit and healthy like ben talked about and who doesn't have to rely on self-sabotage to make them feel better anymore because they have something else with their health and fitness that makes them feel much better and they choose that over the other option the good news is even if you've got 20 years of bad habits to to kind of overcome you could probably undo those 20 years of bad habits in like 20 weeks yeah it's a lot that's the good news even if you've been struggling for a long long period of time don't think it's going to take you 10 years to do this it's just going to take you it is going to take a while it's not going to happen in a week it's not going to happen in two weeks but it is going to it is going to happen in a couple of months yeah so that about wraps it up you just got to believe in yourself deal with your big problems but ultimately just have that approach of an action plan some accountability some association and a few tactics that we talked about today and you can overcome self-sabotage or you can manage your self-sabotaging so you can still see the results you want you will always self-sabotage to a certain degree i do ben does but remember failure is just a stepping stone to success so that brings us to the end of today's motivation method podcast but before you go we have some important announcements piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on itunes to the motivation method podcast get yourself subscribed today Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our motivation masterclass challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our motivation masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one. Mm